Welcome to the Girl Gang Craft Podcast, where we dive in deep to all things business, wellness, creativity, and activism for artists and entrepreneurs. We talk with impactful, female-driven companies and founders for an inside look at the entrepreneurial experience, where you'll come away with tangible steps to elevate your business. Are you ready? I'm your host, Phoebe Sherman, founder of Girl Gang Craft, artist and designer and marketing obsessed. We're here to learn together how to expand our revenue, implement new organizational techniques, and cultivate best business practices as we work towards creating a life doing what we love. Let's get started. Hello, small business owner. We have Jules on the podcast today, and we'll get into it in just a moment. Jules is a friend. She actually worked for GGC. She did partnerships. She helped us put on the first Small Biz Summit in Oakland, California, and we're going to hop into her magical wisdom in a moment. But I just want to talk about what's coming up. Um, At the time of this podcast launch, we have just a couple days until our apps open for all our holiday offerings. So we have our Oakland Craft Fair. That's December 3rd at Oakland Scottish, right? We have our Salem Craft Fair, and that is November 26th here in Salem at the Town Hall. That will be an all-indoor event. (laughs) No outdoor during November here in Salem. And then we have our holiday gift guide. And our holiday gift guide is our shoppable guide that we send around to our small business lover community and beyond where you can get visibility for your brand. And there's different levels of visibility that you can invest in. You can just be seen on the site. You can be seen on our email list, et cetera. There's a couple options there. So take a look out for that in your inbox. If you're not signed up for our newsletter, now is a great opportunity to sign up for a newsletter. And you can just do that on our site. And you'll be getting all those opportunities for creatives right into your inbox. That's a really great way to stay in touch, to be kept in the loop. Obviously, you can also follow us on Instagram if you don't already. Great way to be in the know of what's happening. And you can also subscribe here to this podcast. When you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you'll get reminders about when each episode launches. So if you're loving this podcast and it's chock full of information, make sure you subscribe and please also leave us a review. Those reviews help us get seen by more people. And maybe you just send this episode to a friend if it really resonates. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into it. Hello, creatives. Welcome to the Girl Gang Craft Podcast. We have a friend and an amazing coach and teacher on the podcast today. We have Jules, and I'll let her introduce herself, but she used to work for us, actually. She was part of the GGC community and still is in so many ways. She really led our partnerships a few years ago, two years ago now, maybe something like that. <laughs> and, and she was part of, she sold her items at the GGC craft fairs. And now it's exciting to be talking to her today after the pandemic, looking back at all the growth that we've all done and yeah, I'll let her take it from here. Welcome to the podcast, Jules. Thank you, Phoebe. I'm so excited to be talking to you today and just still, you know, part of this community that has been really beautiful. Yeah. So my name's Jules Benefico. And I am an herbalist, witch, alchemist, and I live on Ohlone territory, also known as Oakland, California. And yeah, so I'm an herbalist, witch, and my focus lately has been 
on my new business called Boss Witch Botanicals, which focuses on empowering healers and herbalists and any type of kind of healing arts practitioner in blossoming their business, getting the tools that they need with marketing, with technical things, website, licensing, what you can and can't say on social media, as far as like, if you're talking about an herb, can't say it cures this or heals that it's just certain language. So I just support herbalists in any way I can on the business side. But then what I really love to focus on is the inner work and helping people move through fears and blockages so that they feel more confident to put their soul offerings out into the world. I love it. So, okay, let's step back a second because when you were working with GGC or even before that, you were very focused on Opal Elements, which was your herb-based collection and brand that you were working with. So what happened to that and how did that lead you to where you are today? Yeah. So I still have Opal Elements, Cosmic Apothecary is the full name. And I've stepped away from it a bit the last few years to kind of move in a new direction. So basically Opal Elements It was my first business. I started in 2015 when I was just finishing my first, you know, full year of herbalism school where I did an intensive apprenticeship for nine months. And that was kind of the birth of Opal Elements. And that was, or it still is, a collection of herbal aromatherapy and skincare products for intention setting, self-care, nourishment that are Specifically, most of them are focused on the planets and astrology and the elements. And so working with the as above, so below theory of uniting kind of the cosmos and the earth through plant medicine. So I like have one here, if you want to see like, here's Jupiter. And so this is one of my oils. So I still have them. I still make them. Sometimes I still get orders but I essentially kind of moved away from it. When I first started the business, I really, you know, had no idea what I was doing as far as the business. I just had all these dreams and visions and I really just didn't know how to put them out into the world, how to market them. I just was figuring out as I went, which is what most herbalist healers, creatives do, right? They're not necessarily business people. They're just people who have something special that they want to share with the world. So I had a lot of trial and error. I worked other jobs. I continued my herbal training and, you know, I thought about, you know, leaving the business a lot. I I had a lot of disappointment around it. Like things weren't going my way. And then I would have an experience where I would go to craft fair and sell everything and do amazing. And so it was kind of an ebb and a flow with lots of ups and downs, but ultimately I became a little bit less inspired with it the last few years and felt like I just kind of needed a break. And because I've been working in herbalism for seven or eight years now and have worked for a bunch of bigger herbal companies doing buying social media, doing PR, doing all these different things. I really learned kind of the ins and outs of business of especially smaller businesses. And I learned really what I needed to be doing for my own business. And rather than 
really go into that with Opal Elements, I kind of decided to start something new and have a fresh start to implement some of these things. I basically was getting people asking me all the time, oh, like, how do I build a website on Squarespace? Or how do I put myself out there in this way? Or how do I create, you know, email marketing? Or I was basically getting all these questions and I felt like I was really able to answer them. And so it became my mission to help herbalists, healers, creatives put their vision outward because so many people were like me where they didn't know where to start or what to do. And now I have all these tools that I've learned over the past seven or eight years that I can share with my community because ultimately the world needs so much healing right now. So my goal is to help uplift all the healers that want to be putting themselves out there and have these beautiful offerings, but don't know how or either technically or internally, but usually it's both. So that's kind of what I've been focusing more so on now. But recently I've kind of developed a new, like I've like fallen in love with my aromatherapy products again, and really just seeing it as such an art form. So it's been kind of on the back burner, but I'm thinking in 2022, I'm going to relaunch, whether that means rebrand and change things or keep it as is and maybe add, you know, a few new products. I'm not sure yet, but I'm really excited and feeling new energy with it. I love all that. And thank you so much for sharing that journey. And I mean, you said it yourself to the ebb and flow of, you know, all these businesses and as an entrepreneur or a serial entrepreneur or creative or a healer or whatever, like we're like literally taking it like one step at a time, <laughs> like one day at a time and figuring out what feels in alignment with us, how our customers respond, where the money is, but also, you know, where your heart is. And I love that you sort of, that you followed your heart to do this new endeavor based on other people's asks, right. And your own experience. And now you're also returning to your other business and like, okay, how can I bring this into life and also connect this to this other thing that I'm passionate about? And like, that's what it's about, right? Like, how do we stay awake and listen to our gut and listen to the people around us as we like mold what on earth our business is? Because, mm-hmm. you know, just listening and witnessing your business. And I mean, my own as well, like, you know, it changes every day, <laughs> you know, and it will continue to change. It's like a living organism. And it's, I recently kind of realized that businesses are relationships. And so what we give to them and put into them is what we receive back. And so when I had Opal Elements and that was my main focus, I would do a craft fair and then maybe I wouldn't do that well, or I'd put out a sale and I didn't really sell anything. And it would just plummet my self-worth because I put so much of myself into it. And then I would really just, yeah, like wallow in that. And then I would step away. And I would move back from the business when really the business needed more time and attention and care than ever. And so then the next time I did something, maybe it wouldn't go as well again. And it was, that was the reciprocity because I wasn't really loving my business or being kind to it. Yeah. So it's like a relationship. It's an energy. So now I talk about this a lot with my clients and just for my own 
business, just tending to it. And my coach, Luna, she also talks about this a lot and just tending to it and seeing it as this, you know, organic entity that we need to give that tender loving care to in order to get that reciprocity. Mm, Yeah. And you know, taking space, like when you need to, I mean, I hear that you did that and that's what a beautiful thing. And also, you know, plowing through some difficult times as well, you know, like not allowing these moments or these disappointments or these setbacks or failures, whatever you want to call them, implement your like soul really. So you don't want to move forward, you know, and running a small business is hard and, you know, there needs to be some flexibility and that's actually, you know, the power that we have above bigger businesses because they can't be so flexible, right? They can't decide one day that they want to change their whole business, but we can, you know, and that's a beautiful thing. And, you know, I don't know where I'm going with this, but, you know, just being open to change and allowing yourself to be flexible and, you know, moving forward, but at the same time, taking space if you need to. And wow, is that also complicated and hard and full of things like fear and imposter syndrome and et cetera. Mm -hmm. So, so what does your business look like today? Tell us a little bit about your offerings and your clients. Yeah. So my main offering right now is what I call alchemy mentorships. And it is a six month one-on-one coaching container that is mostly online, but some people I have local, I'll meet with them in person, like outside in my backyard. And it essentially is a combination of business coaching, personal life coaching, providing them with herbal support and health coaching. And then I'm teaching them clinical herbalism as well. So it's a lot of things in one, which is why it's like a six month mentorship. And it's basically broken up into modules and it's broken up elementally, earth, water, fire, air, ether. And then there's kind of like a closing month. And so, yeah, that's, I have a handful of clients doing that right now. And that's where my focus has been. And it's been really fun and nourishing. And I love just working with people in all these different facets of their life because it's all a web intermingled. So if somebody is having you know really bad anxiety that's affecting their health and it's turning into gut issues where they're having you know issues with their bowel movements and GI, it's all interrelated to then they're wanting to start a business but having fears about putting themselves out there and posting on social media. So everything is intertwined. And my goal is just to support people, reflect back to them, give them insights and tools and be their ally on their journey. So one of my biggest beliefs about healing or about healers is healers are not healing other people. I'm not here to heal you. That's not how it works. It's I'm a healer and I'm just here to hold space and support other people while they're healing themselves. We can only heal ourselves. That's how it works. But healers are people who are actively healing themselves and holding space for other people. So that's how I like to look at it. I see because a lot of people lately have had issues with the term healer and that's really how I like to reframe it. And yeah, so I do that. I teach classes. I teach a lot of classes on herbalism and a lot like with witchcraft and magic and incorporating those. And 
those are kind of the main things. And I still do, you know, just herbal consultations and I try to do more focus on packages. So it's supporting people with their more longer term health rather than just an, one consultation, in my opinion, isn't going to be as beneficial for anybody. So those are my main things. And then I do custom product formulation for, you know, businesses that are wanting to expand to aromatherapy or herbal tinctures. And then I'm doing a lot of different things right now. I'm also doing like social media auditing kind of for a few different businesses and addressing, you know, what people are doing on Instagram and other platforms and maybe how they can be doing that better and giving them ideas and making sure that they're not making health claims on there that could implement them in a way that isn't going to be good for them. So, yeah. That's awesome. You're a busy bee. So are you working for yourself hundred percent of the time now? Pretty much. I do a very small amount of the time work at Berkeley Herbal Center, teaching classes for them, but it is still kind of like, I'm like a contractor and then I'm just starting as their clinic supervisor. So the students in the herbal clinic for this year, they, you know, people come in to see them and then I'll be there to support them and help them with their formulation and make sure that what they're doing is safe for the person as they're learning. So cool. Okay. So, okay. Also you mentioned the word alchemy. So what is alchemy? That's a really good question. So alchemy, you've probably seen it a lot. Like so many people now are using it. They're calling their mastermind or their course or their class, the alchemy of this or plant alchemy or this, that, the other thing. And so we're seeing it a lot and people think oftentimes it's synonymous with the word transformation. And that is a little bit true. Alchemy is a process of transformation, but it doesn't just mean transformation. It's basically a whole system of healing that it's hard to trace exactly back to where it started. Most people trace it back to Egypt, but there are similar systems that were all over the world that I really like. And then it kind of had a renaissance in medieval times that where we think of like these old men with long hair and long beards and like a wizard hat and like mixing potions, which is like somewhat of the truth, but essentially like, a good way to kind of start explaining it because it's pretty complicated is that to look at the etymology of the word. So it originates from the word chemia, K-H-E-M-I-A, which in Egypt meant land of black earth. So that was referring to like the rich fertile soil of the Nile Valley, as opposed to the desert sands, which nothing could grow. So the rich soil had the potential for growing plants. And it's also this metaphor for how we can bloom and grow things in the depth and the darkness of dirt. And so essentially, when I think of alchemy, to me, is this process of looking at the parts of ourselves that we often try to hide or ignore and really addressing our trauma and transmuting that energy into understanding and inner knowing. There's a lot more to it. So basically it's an art and a science and it's what modern day chemistry was derived from. 
and it's rooted in magic. So one of the other major themes is called solve at coagula, which translates to mean dissolve and then coagulate or separate and recombine. So it's basically separating all of the parts of yourself or anything that you're going through and addressing it and then putting it back together as a whole. And so, yeah, to me, it's really fascinated me for a long time and there's kind of so much to it, but really it's about inner work. Kind of the first part of it is about inner work and theory. And, you know, you've probably heard of the philosopher's stone, which was alchemists, you know, transforming base metals like lead or other types of metals into gold. And people thought, oh, this is impossible. And people did actually do that. But it was more them processing their lead, their trauma, their challenges, their blockages into gold and realizing that in those challenging times is where we learn the most about ourselves and gain inspiration and gain inner knowing. So that's kind of the philosophical side. And then there's a practical side where it's actually making tinctures and essences and using an alchemical approach, which is similar to a regular approach, but takes a lot longer and is like, while making it, it's this process of like refining and editing and really going inward. So the belief is that while you're making these alchemical tinctures, you're going through your own process of transformation. So there's a lot. (laughs) No, fascinating. Seriously. So fascinating. Great. I love (laughs) to learn about these things. I'm sure our community loves to too. Yeah. I think that's so cool. Just like the idea of, I mean, the thing that stuck out the most to me was like this idea of like, dealing with all of the the little parts of you and then putting it back together. And I think that's really interesting, you know, from a holistic perspective and also from a business perspective, like this idea of really analyzing, you know, I mean, we can go into really technical terms, right? Analyzing your email marketing, analyzing your funnels, analyzing your social media, your audiences, blah, 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 blah. But also analyzing your day-to-day and your morning rituals and your organizational techniques and like how you go with the flow each day. And all of that, I think is a really beautiful thing when you address all those things and it's never over, right? Like you don't, (laughs) I mean, unless you're enlightened or whatever, and that's a whole, (laughs) that's a whole other conversation that we don't need to dive into necessarily, but right. It's always happening. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. And thanks for asking about it. Cause it is kind of this complicated thing, but there are some basic theories in it that we can get down with. And that's what I like to teach in my practice and what I like to do for myself. And it's kind of this like secret mystical art that's all about uncovering the mysteries and the curiosity. So rather than, you know, if something is coming up for us or we're having a challenge in our business, it's getting curious about it rather than just like going to solution oriented mind. It's really like sitting with it, meditating, processing, feeling into it, and also kind of speaking with spirit. So whatever you call it, God, universe, spirit, goddess, it's building a relationship with spirit and receiving insight from that as well. And yeah, so I got into alchemy when I was about 
18 years old, just, I read the alchemist, which isn't totally about alchemy, but I was like, what is this word? And I need to learn about this. And so I bought all these books and I just started delving into it. And it gave me a lot of hope when I was in a dark time. I was like, wow, this is so cool and fascinating. And I've been in, you know, challenging time for a long time. And this gives me hope that I can, you know, transmute this and become happy one day. So yeah, it's cool but it's not just done one day. It's like, it is a lifelong process and we're constantly kind of going through new phases of self-understanding. And, but I do feel like the more I do this work, the easier it gets and the more profound and powerful. And yeah. It is not too soon to think about your holiday launch strategy. How are you going to promote your product to your audience? And I'm here to tell you how to do that. Email. If you don't have an email list, it is time to start one right now. Email is the number one that we make sales in our business here at GGC. Email provides an intimate way for you to connect with your community because that information, those offers, those sales, your story, it all lands into the inboxes of the people who have raised their hand and say, I want to know more. Your newsletter subscribers are key members of your community that want to support you, that want to know what's up. So it is time to start a newsletter. There's a stat that's like each newsletter member is worth $1 a month. So that's about $12 a year. And then you multiply that by how many people you have on your list. That's what the marketing experts are saying that you should be able to get out of your email list. Now, obviously that statistic is going to be different for each brand and how you utilize your list. If you're like, I don't even know where to start, go ahead and sign up for Flowdesk. We love Flowdesk. It's woman owned. It is beautiful. It is easy to use. It's really a great way to make sure that you're connected with your community. And of course we are here to offer you 50% off the first year. So you can go to bit.ly slash GGC Flowdesk. And we'll make sure that we put that in the show notes that will get you 50% off the first year of Flowdesk. And it's pretty affordable. So with that 50% off is only $19 a month. And then it goes up to double that after your first year. If you like it, I highly suggest Flowdesk. We have built our business on the backbone of Flowdesk. And if you get our emails, you know how pretty they are and how cute, and they're very simple and easy to use. So again, bit.ly slash GGC Flowdesk for 50% off. So, okay. You work with a lot of healers slash entrepreneurs, creatives, right? These healers that want to monetize their business and very similar group to us, right? What sort of roadblocks do you see these healers, entrepreneurs having to that they're feeling stuck on or prevent them from moving forward or, you know, teeter towards that edge of giving up? What sort of things are you seeing maybe like right now specifically? I feel like most things come down to when we get underneath all the layers, it comes down to self-worth. So people are afraid to start posting on social media because, or post consistently because they're afraid of, you know, being perfect. Are they good enough? Are people going to like it? They're afraid of failing. They're afraid of not doing well all the different things most small business entrepreneurs experience. 
And when I kind of usually try to peel back the layers of that and get underneath it, I find that it oftentimes comes down to low self-esteem and not believing in themselves enough or their who they are in their practice. And yeah, so I just try to support them in, you know, self-love practices. And also, I think that was my old approach when I first started meeting with people. It's all like self-love and manifesting and intention setting. And I realized over time that it needed to be a little bit deeper in order to really create profound change. So it's a lot of, I, I kind of facilitate a lot of inner child work and talking to younger versions of ourselves in order to get to know that part of ourselves and have compassion. And I just find that it creates a lot of, it is healing in itself and helps us to realize things and help move forward and release some of the trauma. So that's a lot of what I see in the more emotional side of things. And then people oftentimes are like, I'm an herbalist and, or I'm a massage therapist or this, that, the other thing. And I don't know about marketing. I don't know about how to build a website and nor do I really want to. So it's kind of hard because nowadays, unless people have a lot of money or an investor, they have to do a lot of this stuff on their own. And people are really intimidated and think that they don't know. And I used to consider myself someone who was not tech savvy. And over the years, I've realized that a lot of it's easier than I thought. And I've worked for all these other companies doing it. And it's actually can be really fun and rewarding, which I know, you know, and you love all the marketing stuff. And now I feel that way too. I think that it can be really fun and enjoyable. And if we're filling up our cup and nourishing ourselves, then ultimately like marketing is just sharing what we're excited about. And like all of these educational things and, you know, things about herbs and astrological insights and all these things that people really want to know, and you have this knowledge, then it's a gift to be sharing it. So it's like reframing it as like, I'm doing this so that I can sell things and support myself and make money to I'm sharing this gift and I'm going to be in like a reciprocity practice with it. I love that so much. I mean, you just said all of that so well, so I appreciate that. And I know our community appreciates that. So, okay. So inner child work. What is that and what can we do to reach our inner child and how do we work with our inner child? That's a great question. So I learned it when I lived at Esalen in Big Sur, you know, it's like a retreat center and the birthplace of the human potential movement in the sixties. And it's changed a lot now, but when I was there 2013 to 2015, I did a lot of personal growth work and studied gestalt therapy while I was there. And I had a workshop once where the facilitator pulled out this tiny little chair and had you sit next to the chair and pretend that your child self was sitting in that chair. And like, what would you say to them? And then sit in that chair and respond to yourself. So, you know, for some people, this might sound like really, you know, weird and out there, but I love this type of stuff. I'm Scorpio. I love going deep. So that's kind of where it started. And then I studied Gestalt and other forms of coaching and therapy. And so I implement it. So ultimately 
working with a coach or a therapist is a really great way to do it if you have the resources to do so. Otherwise, you can totally do it on your own. It might feel uncomfortable at first, but basically I just recommend grabbing two pillows, sitting on one pillow and then having the other pillow be, you know, the younger version of yourself. It doesn't need to be child either. It could be from five years ago or or anything. If there was some kind of traumatic event that happened or not even just wherever you were at high school years. (laughs) Yeah. High school years is a good one. And it's kind of tracking to, usually I get people to this point by, you know, we're talking about an ailment that they have or something that went on. And when that started kind of getting to the point of when I started, Oh, that started when I was 15 and my parents got divorced and I was going through a breakup and whatever. So going back to a certain point in your life and then talking to her, like, how does she feel? Like, how does that part of yourself? Cause they're still in there and maybe they're unhealed and maybe they're coming up right now for a reason. So by giving them a voice and listening and understanding, and then like supporting them, it's really a process of self-parenting. So I'm in this phase right now where I just turned 29. I've feel like the last couple of years I've been moving from the maiden archetype to the mother archetypes. I'm not pregnant or having a child or plan to anytime soon, but I'm moving into the mother archetype as I'm parenting myself and learning to hold myself accountable and be kinder to myself and, you know, do the things that I want to do and yeah, just mothering myself. So this is a form of self-parenting. So maybe there's a part of myself that didn't that felt neglected or was bullied or whatever. So me as the older me, I can talk to that part of myself and say, you know, I see you. I know you went through a hard time and I'm sorry that that was your experience. And then I can receive that information and then I can, you know, kind of begin to process and transmute some of that. I find that if you do it daily or a few times a week, talking to this specific part of yourself, like, the easier the healing process is. But I find that it can be extremely profound and it can also be really emotional. So if someone is going through really severe depression or other mental health issues, I wouldn't recommend doing this work unless they were you know, under the care and supervision of a specific type of healthcare provider. But if you feel like overall you're in a pretty good place, I do recommend doing the inner child work because it's really profound and powerful and it's a cool way to get to know yourself in in ways that we didn't think possible. And That's so cool. And a couple things. First of all, I love your disclaimer, right? Because <laughs> you're teaching people how to use disclaimer, right? FDA, yes. you're not a health professional, you're not a doctor, whatever. We also used to like people would ask about injuries all the time in yoga classes. And I would have to be like, I'm not a doctor, you know. <laughs> but inner child work, that's so fascinating because even when you were speaking about these things, some very specific like images flashed in my mind of my inner child and beyond, but, you know, high school Phoebe, you know, early college Phoebe, whatever these instances where important things had showed up and found myself getting emotional because Mm. sometimes I just feel like I'm past that or something. And I'm like in a good place right now. And then I don't do that shadow work all the time of looking back because maybe those factors aren't as prevalent. Like, right. I don't live with my parents. So like their stuff isn't 
on me in the same way as it was when I, you know, was under their roof or, you know, past some of like body image issues or et cetera. And like, I'm better now, but I think I really agree that I think it is really important to go back in time and maybe open up these wounds a little bit to actually get more of like a holistic sense of self to move forward. And so thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. I appreciate you. Yeah. Being vulnerable and sharing. And it's true. You know, we think, oh, I'm in a good place. I don't want to like bring up the past, but it shows up in ways that we don't expect. Maybe we're in a relationship and we have our guard up all the time and we really don't need to anymore, but we do. And that's something learned from being a child. We had to protect ourselves for whatever reason. So, you know, doing the healing and the inner child work can help, you know, heal from that so that you can move forward in your relationships, but also in your business and your life. So a lot of my stuff comes from self-worth and being bullied and not having a lot of friend or peer support growing up. And so it's now sometimes, you know, it's, I'm always seeking approval from others or if a post on Instagram doesn't do well, it affects me. So it's really like that stuff is super healing and super helpful in my process and a lot of my clients. So I definitely, definitely recommend them. Okay. So we've talked about self worth and some inner child stuff. And I know you also wanted to talk about fear and I know that's sort of maybe combined or like sort of mixed in there with the self worth a little bit, but let's talk about that. So where do you see fear coming up in sort of the healer entrepreneurial community and how can we work with that to sort of, I don't know, not overcome it, but how do we just work with our fear? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. So fear, I see, like I said, I see fear coming up a lot. People are afraid to put themselves out there. People are afraid of failure, not remembering that failure is just a part of the process. And if we didn't feel like fail ever, we would never learn anything or grow, but still we're just taught in our society so much that failure is the worst thing. So people are so, it's so ingrained in people not to want to fail. So it keeps us from taking risks at times, but you know, people also have fears around you know, just doing something technical wrong or not having the proper licensing that they need or et cetera for their business. People have, I feel like most of the fears come from money and scarcity mentality. And I find that even when people are making decent money, sometimes when they're making more money, they're more in a fear place. It's like, and that's part of the capitalist cycle that gets people, oh, okay, I have a little bit, but it's still not enough and always wanting more. So things like that. Yeah. The money and scarcity are a big thing that I see and something I've experienced a lot as well. So I've over the past year or so developed this new system, or maybe it's not new for some, it's new in my world to befriend fear. I find, you know, a big part of the witchy community, that's a big part of my life. And I noticed that people like on the full moon were always, oh, let's, you know, do letting go of our fears, rituals, banishing rituals. Let's write down our fears and then burn it, which is great. And it feels really good in the moment. Right. But I found that it would be like a little bit empty or a few days later, I just felt those fears creeping back. It wasn't integrated. And so for, to me, integration is the most 
important part. So I was thinking about it and just really sitting with my fears and kind of processing them. And I kind of just came up with this idea to befriend them and get to know them and thinking of a fear as maybe an acquaintance who we're intimidated by someone that we know that we're intimidated by. And then you realize once you get to know them, they're not that scary or intimidating. Maybe you don't want to be BFFs, but okay, I'm not intimidated anymore. And like, it's chill and I'm not triggered anymore and I can let that go. So that's kind of my approach. So essentially my system for befriending fear is, you know, taking some space and ground and making sure you're in like a good place emotionally or decent place as good as we can be nowadays. And, you know, clearing some space, maybe lighting some incense or using an oil or taking a tincture or whatever, just to kind of ground. And then naming the fear, you know, what is this fear? Okay. I have a fear of posting on social media. Okay. So you name the fear. And then the next part of that is how did that fear come to be? So kind of thinking back to the moment when you first realized that, oh, okay. When it, with posting on social media, I put out something and I didn't get any interest. And then somebody called me out on something and now I'm afraid to post on social media. So now you kind of understand why it exists and where it's coming from. And then the next part of it, which is the most challenging part for most people is how has this fear positively affected you? Because most people try to just think of the negative, oh, this fear is so evil and bad, but usually there's a really important lesson in the fear or something that you've gained from it. Okay. Well, with social media, I haven't been on, you know, spending a lot of time on social media as much because I haven't been posting. So in that way, maybe I'm using more of my time outside of it, which might be good. Or with social media, you know, I'm realizing that I do want to be putting myself out there and I'm having these content ideas. And so there's like a longing for it, whatever it is, like really that part is really key to try to find something positive about it because our fears are are our biggest teachers in my opinion. And so then the next part is how has the fear negatively affected me? How it's impacted my life? Okay. Well, it's keeping me from connecting and engaging with my community, which is really important in growing my business. And so then the last part is the integration and honoring and moving forward. So now that I have this information, how am I going to proceed? I'm going to, you know, before I post, I'm going to, you know, fill myself up and do like a self-care ritual. And I'm going to, you know, it's like hard for me to think of something on the spot, but whatever it might be, but just integrating and honoring and honoring that it happened. Like, you know, this was painful for me that I felt like I was putting myself out there and I didn't get the, you know, reciprocation that I was hoping to get. And that hurt me in this way. And that's why this fear came to be. And that, you know, may happen again, but that is how a business works. And I am putting myself out there and going forward and filling up my cup so that I don't worry as much what other people think. And I'm doing this because I have something beautiful to share. So that's essentially the system, naming the fear, 
then kind of understanding how that fear came to be, how it's affected you positively, how it's affected you negatively, and then the integration, honoring, and moving forward with it. And it's not like you just do that once with the fear. It's like a continual process. But I find that when I do this, I'm no longer afraid to even think about the fear. Because sometimes I'll have fears where like, I can't even think about it. It's too much. Like, let me just write it down and burn it. But that's not integrating it or processing it or letting it move through. It's, it's almost like, in my opinion, it can be like an avoidant tactic. So yeah, I've been doing this for myself and I've shared it with some clients, but it's going to be part of, I was actually going to launch a course for Scorpio season. And I realized that it just, I had too much on my plate and it wasn't really the right time. So I decided not to, and this was going to be a big part of it. But in the new year, I'm going to be launching a course where this is going to be a core part of it. And it's called Sorceress School. And it's a lot of alchemical theory and inner work and healing and kind of going through this process of personal transformation and utilizing herbs and ritual and having the support of the group as well. So, yeah. Beautiful. That's so exciting. I mean, everything that you shared has been so potent and I kind of want to sort of, I want to tie in some social media advice because I think all the stuff has been such beautiful inner work. Mm -hmm. And then I think we should also like address the output and what I've been noticing you do on social media. And oh my God, I wasn't following you on my personal account, but we've been following you on GGC, (laughs) but you've been doing a really great job of educating. And so I would like for you to sort of speak to that. Like, how do we use our social media as a platform to educate? And how does that make us bigger than our brand, bigger than our offering? How does that attract community? And maybe these are like too many questions, but so let's (laughs) pare it down. Like, what are ways that everyone can sort of educate their offerings and educate their community? What are some examples of that? Yeah. So whatever your trade is, whatever your, you know, specific skill is, you have a plethora of knowledge. So I think it's like not being afraid that you're giving out too much because there's always more that you're going to give in a session, a course, a product, whatever. So I think people get, oh, well, I can't share all this information on social media because then when they pay for it, they're already going to know everything. First of all, they're not like keeping track that closely and you're giving like tidbits. So it's not going to be as deep as what you would share in your other offerings. So that's kind of the first thing. But with, yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to say like generally, but I, I work a lot with herbalists. So I can say with that, you know, here's like five herbs to support the nervous system. And then you talk about those or like, here's a reel of me making, like I've been making this pumpkin latte a lot recently where it's just like organic pureed pumpkin and coconut milk. And then I put ashwagandha and shatavri powder and a little bit of coconut sugar. And so like, I could just make a reel, like making that. And people just want to see what you're already doing. Cause you're already doing cool. Like all my clients are making cool potions. Like I have like, if you, <laughs> I can't see everything. I have like all these potion bottles next to me. Like you're already doing cool stuff. So just take some time and share it on social media and educate it. Like educate people on the things that you're most excited about. I feel like for a while I was always trying to figure out what do people 
want and I need to be all specific about understanding, you know, what my audience is really looking for. But when that would happen, I would get so concerned what other people think, then I wouldn't put out anything. So really it's when I'm kind of in my power and knowing these are my soul offerings. These are the things I'm so excited to share. Just share what you're excited about, whatever's coming up for you. And yes, you do like ideally want a cohesive brand story and et cetera, but just start from what you're most excited to be sharing about, whatever that is. And people will be interested and just making it educational is really key. I think one of my clients right now who I'm doing like the social media audit for has been doing a lot of product photos and pictures of like people holding the products, which no one cares about, to be honest. And so it's really, I've been trying to guide them and share, you know, educational content, give your people something tangible that they can learn that they're excited about. And then they'll want to buy your product. They'll want to buy, you know, work with you because they're, they find you valuable and they respect your knowledge. Yeah, a hundred percent. And piggybacking on that too. Like when you become an educational hub, like people pop into your like atmosphere and then they see your other offerings too. So if you become a space where people keep on checking in on for the knowledge that you're giving, like they're going to see the other stuff. They're going to see when you talk about your offerings, they're going to see when you show your new products and they're going to, you know, want to support you. So yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Well, thank you, Jules. This has been so potent. Seriously. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. Where can people find you? Yes. Thank you. This has been really lovely. So they can find me on Instagram at boss, Witch botanicals, and I will be, you know, launching some new things there. My website is boss witch.com and I have some of my products on there and you can learn about my offerings. I also still have my Opal Elements website, opalelements.com. And I have lots of cool potions on there. I have upcoming classes and I'm going to be launching my course, Sorceress School in 2022. And uh, that is for anybody looking to delve deeper into inner work or out of outer transformation as well. So yeah, that's essentially all super excited. And I'd love to connect with you and feel free to DM me or email me. And I'd love to answer questions or just have a chat. Well, head up Jules, everyone. And thank you so much, Jules. It's been lovely to have you. Thanks, Phoebe. This has been really sweet. It's good to talk to you. Thank you so much for listening to the Girl Gang Craft podcast. Head to girlgangcraft.com slash podcast for show notes and more. See you next time.